Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Dirk Hastes. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Dr. Necromantic by Nate Bramble. Dr. Necromantic is a story of a budding necromancer working to master the dark occult world in funny tales filled with ghosts, monsters, zombies, and all manner of undead horror. Be sure to check out drnecromantic.com. The entire run of the comic is free to read online and updates three times per week. Long for the feel of paper between your fingers? You can also get the first six months of Dr. Necromantic in print at drnecromantic.com. Usually, Switchcraft is a solo show. It's just me and you, and we're just talking about our one of our favorite video game companies. But I decided to reach out to somebody else who talks about a lot of Nintendo stuff, and that's Joe from Joe After Work. And uh, I asked them to come on, and we were, we're recording this on Wednesday instead of the normal Thursday. So uh, I know that uh, some of you are probably disappointed that it isn't a live show, and I'm sorry about that. But uh, w- You've got double the double the host for today, so uh, let's just go ahead and get started. So, hey, Joe, what's going on, man? I'm happy to have you here, dude. Thanks for inviting me on, or I, I, I guess I forced to invite myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was watching Joe's stream the other day, and uh, you know, I'll tell the story in a second. But Joe, why don't you tell people where they can find your stuff? Yeah, you can. Um, the easiest way is probably JoeAfterWork.com. That's going to have my Twitch, my YouTube, my uh, I think my Twitter's on there and all that stuff. Um, that's sort of the hub world for everything that I do on both channels. But if you just search up Joe After Work, J-O, not J-O-E, uh, there I am. You'll, it'll be pretty easy to find me. Awesome. Uh, so I was watching Joe's uh, Twitch stream. Um, he, he was playing some of the games that were announced on the Nintendo uh, Nindies Direct, which I hate saying that word, but... You know, I'll, I'll do it for Nintendo, I guess. Uh, and I, I don't know. I said something and he misunderstood exactly what I meant. And he was like, yeah, I'll come on the show. And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's a great idea. And then, he, he you know, he felt a little I, I he acted like he felt a little embarrassed, but I thought it was hilarious. So uh, <laughs> I sent him a message on Twitch and I was like, dude, you got to come on. We can we can talk about stuff. We can talk about Nintendo. And so here we are. We're we're here to talk a little bit about Nintendo, and um, I want to start out uh, with Joe. Actually, came up with the topic for today, which I thought was a, a very good topic. Uh, and it was: Are the indie showcases helping or harming uh, Nintendo and indie devs in 2018 post E3? 
So what what are your thoughts on this, Joe? Because that's a really, really interesting question. Yeah, it's something that I thought of as I was watching the event because I notice a common occurrence with these Nindy showcases that Nintendo likes to do. Um, they like to showcase, you know, games that are coming out immediately or fairly soon, which I'm all about. I think that's probably the best way to present indie games on the console. But then they have a lot of these games that go way out into, you know, the ether of like next year. Um, they give these seasonal dates, which I always take with a grain of salt. Um, I like, I like seen the concrete date if you know if a game is actually going to come out on that date um we've seen things in the past that have still not come out yet to the switch or just in general and it's got me it's had me start wondering like okay is this harmful to is this is this actually harming them in the long run where people are waiting for the games and then they just kind of forget about them for a while and then it kind of pops up are they still selling like hotcakes, like every other indie game that's sort of, well, not now, but like during the early rush of 2019 where, you know, Switch was still growing its library of games and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of where I stand. I'm still torn as to whether or not, and I guess I would have to go back and like really break down things analytically to like see like the sales of like, you know, games that show up on these showcases and versus games that, you know, were shown and then finally released like lightfall came to mind when um that was announced in january and it came out you know mid-spring i want to say like april may or something like that and i had completely forgotten that that game was coming out like i remembered about a month before and then it just kind of came out of nowhere i was like oh yeah that game <laughs> and i was right, really right. excited about it at the time and so that's just one example that comes to mind for me when I think about these showcases and whether or not it's harming them. The other side of it is I have noticed the last two days my Twitter feed has been very weird <laughs> where people are um, people are starting to react negatively to these Nindy showcases and there are some definitely constructive good points in there but there's also a lot of like okay I'm done with with these indie games like show me like actual first party games and you know AAA titles from other third party devs like enough of the indies enough of the pixel art stuff and I can see where they're coming from with that too as well because we're in a year where Nintendo has dropped half of 2016 Wii U ports <laughs> and granted there are games that even myself included part of them I haven't played so I picked them up and a lot of that fan base that's jumped in on the Switch and didn't get the Wii U are like they're buying they're buying these games but for people that have stuck it through and through with Nintendo um, including Wii U era they're starting to feel kind of burned and that's the other side that I can understand where it's like okay um you you've played these games already i get it but from a business aspect it's helping other people but is nintendo trying to alleviate that lack of first party support so to speak with these indie titles and showing them love and trying to you know gain trust in that sense like there's just so many different aspects that i'm kind of torn torn on right now 
Yeah, you you unpacked a lot of stuff right there. Yeah. Um, there's like three or four different ways that I think this this discussion could go, and I think one way to look at it is uh, comparing 2017 to 2018. Like Nintendo in 2017, it was just hit after hit after hit. It was like it was probably the best first party lineup of any system ever. And it was incredible. And then you follow that up with 2018 where they're like, okay, we kind of dropped everything that we have. And so now we're in a waiting mode. We need to focus on third party stuff. And I think that was Nintendo's strategy. Their strategy was, okay, we're going to dump all of the work that's kind of been backlogged because the Wii U wasn't shipping anything. Um, we're going to dump all that in the first year. Uh, well, the the first year and the first half of the second year. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to, you know, if if we do everything right, then the Switch is going to sell really, really well. And if it sells really well, then the third parties will come. And if the third parties are come, we can rely on them for the second half of the second year. And I think for the most part, that's been pretty successful. However, this idea of the the Nindies showcases, you know, people getting a little burnt out on the the independent games. Um, well, I think that's kind of systemic of a couple of different things. Number one, did I'm, I'm I could be wrong about this, Joe, but wasn't there another Nindies direct? Uh, I almost said direct uh, Nindies <laughs> showcase like a week and a half ago. Yes, from Gamescom. Yeah, right. I mean space that stuff out better there's no reason to have these things back to back to back and i mean it in <laughs> we've got another direct for this no what the, what's the name of the dissidia no discalia dragon lost or something i can't yeah. remember the name of it it's not really important but there's another direct for a mobile game coming uh so it's like everybody's wondering what's going on with nintendo online Everybody's wondering that, and Nintendo's like, we've got an announcement about in independent games, and they're like, okay, well, maybe the next one, we've got another announcement about <laughs> independent games, and you're like, all right, now we've got another another announcement about mobile, and you're like, come on, will you just tell us the, what we want to know? What are your first party plans for the end of the year? And another thing that it made me think of when you were saying um, your point earlier is... Um, Oh gosh, uh, Wargroove. You know, yeah. Wargroove got announced like super early. And this is something I am constantly complaining about uh, developers for doing is they they show off something really early and then we're all like, okay, when? And they're like, well, whenever. Oh, okay, well, have a plan ahead of time, I think. And I almost think that it's like Nintendo goes to this developer, and I, I have no insider knowledge of this, but maybe Nintendo went to the developer and said, hey, we're doing this thing. Would you like to be featured in a video by us? And any developer is going to go, of course. No matter no matter how ready they are, they're going to be, yes, we want to be featured because that's, that's big for them. And so, you know, Wargroove or Chucklefish gets all their stuff together for Wargroove and they they submit their video to Nintendo and Nintendo uses it. And then Chucklefish is like, well, we still got a lot of work to do. And, I, you know, I'm not saying Chucklefish should rush to get Wargroove out the door, but 
you know, you hit upon a really interesting point. If Nintendo hadn't done that and hadn't and 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 hadn't shown us the video of Wargroove and then it being radio silence, is that going to hurt Wargroove in terms of sales because the hype train has left the station when the game finally does come out? Yeah, I don't know. That's a really interesting question. So I, I'm very curious as to what's going to happen there. Are, are there any other games that uh, that that you're thinking of that you feel like you were really hyped for, and now you're almost like, mm, I don't know if I really care anymore. Something else is taking its place. Uh, Wargroove was probably the biggest one. There's some games that have already come out since. Like there, there's ones that I recall vaguely. Like I think this was in the direct, and it's popped out, but like didn't you like it's not like you know nintendo's not shouting out tweeting out saying hey this game is out finally and like supporting they're sort of like you said it almost sounds like they're just grabbing a bunch of people presenting it to to this direct and they're not going to say no i mean it's free publicity right there well, i would hope free publicity right there for their game on nintendo switch and then it kind of just fades out uh one game i will say not necessarily lost my hype for because i have a very soft spot for them and i actually like i follow everything they do is inti creates and they have consistently been putting out games other than this one particular one that finally got a release date in this past uh nindy showcase mark for death it was originally supposed to come out december of last year and then they kind of went radio silent, but then they were demoing it at all these comp- uh, all these um, conventions and stuff like that. And it wasn't until yesterday that we received an actual official date of December of this year. So December 13th, that's coming out. It's just like, it kind of seems like, okay, should we be bothering these? Should Should people be taking it back a step? Sort of like... Relating it to, and this might be a poor example of it, but how certain years of E3 presentations where, you know, you you have Sony or Microsoft showing off a game. Yeah, yeah, Square Enix (laughs) showing off games that are years away. I mean, who knows if they started off, you know, maybe they just made these trailers um, off a quick, you know, dev like early dev build, and they're just starting this game, but wanted to showcase. Hey, here's our game. Can you put this in the showcase or whatever? Um, and then we might end up never see it. <laughs> like Final Fantasy VII remake. Yes, yes. <laughs> like two two years in a row, they showed off Final Fantasy VII remake, and then we haven't heard anything. And it's been what, two more years since then. I think uh, so. so yeah. It's been a long time and we still haven't we we still don't have Final Fantasy 7 remake in our hands. Uh <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting point. Um let let's talk for a little bit about a dev that did not get featured in uh Nintendo Direct and uh this is oh gosh, I can't remember the Zboid Games I believe is uh yes, the developer um, Cosmic uh, Star. They made what's that? Cosmic Star Heroin. Yes, Cosmic Star Heroin. Uh, they were recently talking to somebody over at Nintendo Life, and uh, well, uh, no, they this was in a, a, a Resetera post, uh, and Nintendo Life found it. I'm gonna read this uh, real quick so that the people uh, listening can can 
can see hear this too. Uh, they said we got an okay number of reviews, but yeah, we couldn't get Nintendo to mention the game anywhere, which is a real shame since even a retweet from Nintendo probably would have given us a big boost in visibility. I get it that it was just a port, but after spending months getting stonewalled by Nintendo when we were trying to get permission to release on the Switch, going fine, we'll play by your rules and getting a publisher so we could get approved and still getting ignored by Nintendo when the game was done to set release is highly frustrating. So, like, this is a game... Well, first off, I've played this on PS4. I uh, I reviewed it for uh, Rogue's Portal, uh, which is a website forever ago. Nice. And... Um, like it's really good. Have you ever played Cosmic Star Heroine? Yes, I am in the middle of playing through that game. I'm on chapter three currently. On, what what, on the what system are you playing it on? I on have the it Switch. on Switch. Okay. I do have it on PS4 and Vita um, as well, but I didn't like fully get into it there. Like Switch has seemed to like just like it's the per like I like to play these games on the go, and it's the perfect thing for me. I was a big, you know, I've always been a big handheld dude, so being able to just take anything on the go with me i'm like a sucker for buying it on my switch right now well let's take a second before we get into what they're saying and uh talk about what the game is real quick yeah uh why don't you go ahead and and describe it yeah so i i've uh done a poor describing of this game before but (laughs) it's um it's turn-based strategy rpg um or just turn-based rpg at its core mechanics but the unique part of it is where you actually have to there's all your special skills that you obtain as you're leveling up you only get to use them once there are certain support skills that allow you to repeat moves with certain characters that you get in your party um i don't know if there's more than 4 i just i just got the fourth guy uh not too long a couple nights ago <laughs> mm-hmm. um but the crux of the story itself is you're going across these planets and there seems to be some plot within the agency that you're working for that's actually um covered up covered up as like some like ro- robot company like is it like a robot cleaning company or something like that it's that- really it's really um nebulous almost yeah. I, I don't want to say too much about the story cuz i don't want to give anything away but um it like if you had to compare it to a traditional RPG, which traditional RPG would you pick? Uh, for me, I see it, and again, this is probably the poorest of examples from my end because I need to go and actually play this game. But it looks a lot like Chrono Trigger to me. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, it, it feels a lot like Chrono Trigger too. Uh, it, it's really fun, and here's the thing: I didn't even know. I'm a Nintendo podcaster. It is my job. Well, not my job. I do this for fun. But it is my job, in big air quotes, uh, <laughs> for for me to know about this stuff. I had no idea this game had come to the Switch or that it was that it was out. I think I knew that it was coming to the Switch, but I didn't know that it, that it had actually dropped until I saw this story where uh, the devs, uh, Z-Boyd Games, were complaining that Nintendo isn't giving them any support, which is ridiculous because Z-Boyd Games makes fantastic games. They made the Penny Arcade games, which we will never get to play on the Switch, I'm sure, because of the licensing issues. Uh, and But they also made this one called Breath of Death 5 and Call of Cthulhu. 
uh, all really cool traditional RPG games with a, uh, a really cool twist on them. And I had no idea this game was, was on the Switch already. And that is a shame, especially because we just watched this Nintendo's whatever, uh, Nindy's showcase, and they're talking about all these games that aren't coming out until 2019, and there's no mention at all of uh, Cosmic Star Heroin. I think yeah. that's a ridiculous thing. It's it's a little it's a little upsetting too because it's not the first time that I've heard this something like this happen where you know indie devs are trying to get their game on platforms and they're having a hard time in terms of like marketing purposes and you know you only have so much in the budget to push a game forward or a game that people are really excited for and it just doesn't or it has like a cult following and people and it doesn't get seen by the light of day of nintendo or you know another thing is it just shows up randomly on the channel section which i think we can get into a little yes bit. that's a good idea too um but um but yeah like a tui is the example sorry i forgot where i was going with that but a tui is a perfect example where uh games like chicken wiggle mutant muds collection i'm gonna bounce between 3ds and switch right now for this example but both those games launch chicken wiggle last year um, Mutant Muds Collection this year, Zeo Drifter, like those games got Switch uh, remasters for all intents and purposes, and not a not a thing from from Nintendo about it. And they, he launched it around the time where there were no other indie games releasing. It was around, it was close to Christmas time, and you know there were a few, there were a few games coming out. I think Enter the Gungeon came out the week before, and then his game came out like a week or two afterwards. Um, the Mutant Muds collection, and n- nothing. Like, <laughs> there was nothing there. I was like, hey, dude, uh, I see it on the news channel. Just because happenstance, I turned on my Switch, and you know how it has, like, that channel feed right onto the side before you unlock yeah. it? I saw it there for a second, but it's like, no, I don't know who uses that channel section all that well. I I go into it from time to time, but I personally, like... It's such a flooded mess because it auto follows for every game you put in, and that's personally the most annoying thing on the planet for me. Oh my god! Well, do you have a Japanese eShop account? I do. <laughs> do you have a Euro eShop account? I do. <laughs> yeah, and like, I wish I could just say I only want to see stuff in English for crying out loud because I have these accounts so that I can, because sometimes. A developer will send will want to send me a review copy, but I don't know how it goes with Nintendo. They run out of codes fast for review copies, really, really fast. They don't. And a give developer a lot. will send me. Uh, they'll they'll be like, okay, I, I I want to send you a review copy, but we're all out of North American codes. Will you take another code? And I'll be like, sure, of course, because it's a region free system. Thank you. Um, and so I have I have a Japanese account, a uh, Europe account, a New Zealand account, and a U.S. account. And so, and, and the New Zealand one is just because that was a code that was the only codes that they had left because they just Nintendo is very very restrictive with the number of codes that they give out. Um, and crazy. so whenever I open up that channel thing that you were talking about, I don't know what to call it, the news thing, I guess. Yeah, it's flooded with stuff that I can't read because it's not it's not in English. And that's that's a problem. Like I don't know. Maybe it's a 
I'm complaining about getting free games or some something like that. But um, <laughs> how dare you? Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but it's annoying, and it makes that channel the, or the the news thing completely useless. And I know that my problem is exaggerated on top of everyone else's problem, where it it auto follows all of these games, and you're just like, I just I don't I don't care about this. I only care about that, and it's a kind of a clunky interface too that like i have no problem with like the general ui main page the eShop i do i there's definitely areas of opportunity there so to speak and mm-hmm. that news channel i don't know if there, i i the thing is with the news channel i just don't have a solution to provide so i rarely make qualms about it other than if there's a way to just set in the settings i don't want auto following <laughs> that would be amazing because yeah. I've, I right now I've been going through and just trying to manually get through everything. Like there's digital games that I have, and there's a bunch of physical games that I have, and having to go through every time that's like one more chore. <laughs> like oh, because they're not gonna update those channels half the time either. The game comes out, and rarely do I ever see anything from the from the companies that update the new channels. I don't even know if they know that they can update through there. I yeah, think, I don't um, know. Uh, Death Squared was the. F- that's a great game. The only company I know that's updated their their channel. Like I, I've just completely given up on even looking at the news channel because it's just too it's too much of a mess. <laughs> uh, it's easier for me to just go on the internet and be like, yeah. Google Nintendo News and see what kind of stuff I can find. Boom. It's it's just too much work to yeah. do it on the Switch itself. But you know, I agree. Uh, it's not a huge deal because I guess I can just ignore it, which is what I've decided to do. Yeah. Like when when we were watching the Nindies showcase and they were like, and by the way, here's a brand new Indies channel. I was like, oh, wait, no, I don't care. I'm going to I don't care about that, uh, which is too bad. It does have me intrigued. I'm going to I ha- I don't think I'm following it at this moment, but you just reminded me I I'm going to give that one a shot and see if they actually follow through with proper updates, I'm curious enough to see like, because I want that thing to succeed. I think there's some really neat stuff that you can do within the news tab. Um, especially marketing wise. Like I feel like that's another way in if it's used smartly. And oh, yeah. the reason I brought up Death squared was because they did it smart. They had people like kind of funny. They had a bunch of different reaction videos to people playing this game on their channel and it would pop up in the news feed from their death squared channel. And I was like, that's awesome. That That is awesome. If companies could utilize that that way, that could be their way to market a game right on the console in front of your face. You know, that's, that's something like the Wii U did that really well. You know, you'd walk into the room and the little blue light would be on on the uh, on the the tablet part, mm-hmm. and you'd pick it up, and it'd be like, "This game just released," and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool. I like that." Um, you know, this the the Indies channel might actually solve uh, the second half of what uh, Z Boyd Games was talking about here. Uh, so I've got another quote here. Uh, they said, "They said it's a good game." And I dare say a good percent of the million plus people who bought Octopath Traveler 
would like our game if they knew it existed. I totally agree. Yes. Um, then they said, we couldn't even get somebody to fix our store page before launch, which never indicated that the game had a pre-order early purchase sale and until just recently didn't even have our trailer on it. And wow. the page went up about a month before launch, so there was plenty of time. I pre-purchased that's, that game. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Well, that's hey, absurd, you got the sale man. even if you didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, I knew. I was like, oh, I get the, I think it was like 10% or something like that. Sorry, I think that's you just awesome. said that, yeah. Um, I was like, yes, I am doing this, boom. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I haven't decided if I'm going to buy it again because I, I don't know, but... Um, well, buy it again. I got it for free on my, my PS4. I guess I should throw some money at them for because uh, I like I like uh, Cosmic Star Heroine. It's all a right. Fun let's game. talk about. Oh, go ahead. No, it's a fun game. Yeah, they just had a limited run also for PS4 and Vita. Are you in, uh, big into collecting physical games? Uh, not not until the Gamers Club Unlocked happened to me. So. RIP <laughs> Gamers Club Unlocked. Yeah, um, I never got in. I never uh, signed up for that. So I, yeah, I, I signed up out. last year. So mine expires uh, late next year. So I'm just like, anytime I can get a discount on a particular title and it's physical, I'll I'll get it that way. Um, otherwise, it's going to be just limited editions for me. And I've always been pro digital. Although you know, there's there's claims to be like you know who owns what but i just less cartridges for me better honestly yeah i'm kind of the same way i you know at first i was like i'm gonna buy physical mostly for the switch because then i can share the games with my son Mm -hmm. uh and if it's a multiplayer if it's a single player game that we're unlikely to want to play at the same time then i buy a physical copy but Everything else, I go digital, and I really, and, and my God, on PlayStation, digital is definitely the way to go because I've got, we've got two PS4s in the house, and I don't know if you know about this, but you can share your games with a second PS4, yes. and you can play at the same time. So, like, I bought Overwatch for PS4, really? and my son and I can play Overwatch together. He's on his PS4 downstairs, and I'm on mine up here. Huh. I didn't yeah, know about really that second Yeah, it's a ridiculous part. deal. I totally didn't know about that second part. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. All right. So uh, we talked about uh, whether or not uh, Nintendo's doing themselves any favors and they're shooting Cosmic Star Heroin in the foot. You wanted to talk about a game called Blade Strangers. Yes. Now, I don't know anything about this. So tell us about it. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> it's a 2D fighter and it. Doesn't take like a any... side-scrolling fighter or like a like fighting game. A uh, fighting game. It's a fighting oh, okay. game. Sorry, yes. Um, to uh, I had to separate it from like you know Street Fighter where it's like three D, but they're two D. Um, mm-hmm. they're side-scrolling. So two D, two D fighting game, and the characters are um some of them are based on uh, Code of Princess characters. It's um you have Solange, you have Lion Gate, Master T. Um, I'm probably saying names that most people who uh, I recommend Coda Princess for anybody first off, but um, Studio Size and Zen developed this game and it's got like an indie mashup of all these other indie games together. Some of them are, you know, characters I've never heard of because I've never even heard of their games, but it's got me interested now into like looking into who the where these characters came from and what their stories are. 
and then you have five unlockable characters, which they already uh, announced like way ahead of time, and I think that's what got people really hyped about the game at first uh, was um, Shovel Knight being a big one, Gunvolt from Monster Striker, Curly from uh, Curly and Quote, which uh, Qu- uh, Curly is already open from the beginning. Quotes the unlockable from Cave Story Plus or Cave Story. Oh, okay, thank you. And uh, Isaac from Binding of Isaac. Wow. Yeah. And this then, is like a, the Smash Brothers of the indie yeah. uh, fame. Dude, it That's is. very interesting. And it's a good fighter. It's not a hard game to pick up. They they treat it like uh, probably the biggest, the, the easiest way to compare it. Blaze Blue. Blaze Blue does an amazing job uh, d- teaching beginners fighting games and how to make the connections with these combos they teach you the ropes of like uh progression towards getting better with each character they do a really good job and i see a lot of that rooted into blade strangers as well it plays smoothly the story is a story it's a fighting game don't expect a lot yeah of course not um it revolves around solange the main character from coda princess but then, you know, every character has their own story as well. And then the unlockables continue the story from where Solange is left off. Let me ask you a question about this. So my my biggest gripe with most fighting games is they require a lot of manual dexterity. Uh, so, for instance, uh, if I'm playing a Street Fighter game, I have to do the forward down halfway between the forward and the down and then the whatever button in order to do the shoryuken or whatever and like i suck at that part of the game but i i'm 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 pretty good at getting the right spacing between the characters uh the the tactical gameplay i'm just bad at the crazy button inputs so uh blade strangers is it does it play more like pocket rumble where it's just uh, one or two inputs, or does it play more like a Street Fighter game? So, pro- I would say both, and not in the sense of you have to do cr- any crazy button inputs in particular, but they keep the they keep the buttons, um, the controls to face buttons. You can use your L and R to like have your combined buttons, so like you can tap it to do like your use up your meter because you get three bars sort of like ex meters in comparison to street fighter and whatnot um and then you have like this um i'm not sure what exactly you would call it but like you can kind of like continue a combo with it and it kind of like dashes into them but uses up a bar to do that to like continue your combo and chain Hmm. things so that's pretty awesome but in terms of the button layouts itself um it treats it as like you know left and y forward and y up and y so i want to almost i'm almost inclined to say sort of like a smash style with right your... kind of like pocket rumble uh yeah yeah pocket rumble uh, yeah i guess so yeah with the two buttons yeah and and the you know left b right a sort of in that sense um i don't believe out of all the characters that i did look at for move sets didn't notice anything that required like quarter circles or zigzags or like holding back charges and whatnot. Everything mm-hmm. was very clean cut and uh, straightforward from the all, all the characters I played. And 
I beat the game with all the characters and locked everybody within a couple hours at most. <laughs> like I think does it have do... online? It has online. It has mission modes. Um, there's plenty of skins to unlock. Uh, there's uh, there's a whole training mode. So if you want to like really break down frame by frame, like hit boxes of all the characters and like what does the heaviest damage, that's all in there. Um, I. What do you think of the matchmaking? Matchmaking lagged a little bit for me in terms of like finding a player, and I don't know if this constitutes as like people aren't playing online just yet because the game only came out yesterday so maybe people are trying to unlock the characters and learn the characters mm-hmm. before they go online but i i got matched up a few times like once i got through the first two matches i then got a couple more matches in and it was like pretty consistent i don't know if i was playing with the same person or if it was different people across the u.s that i was playing with how is like the the skill gap between you and your opponents most of the time? Because I, I was playing Pocket Rumble uh, the day that it came out, and I I got my tail handed to me every single time. And every time I've booted up that game and played against somebody who's not on my friends list, just a random person on the internet, they come in with the fury of like I killed their dog. Like they 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 John Wick me. And yeah. it's not pretty. And so, like, I've just stopped playing it unless I'm playing with somebody who I know because I just can't I can't keep up. The skill gap in that game is just insane. Even the story mode in that game is just unforgiving. Like, I almost stopped until it, like, clicked with me with one of the characters. I found a character that I liked, and I stuck with her because she was the only one that I... I think it was June. Like... Uh, but oh, in uh, in you're talking about Pocket Rumble, Rumble. yeah, Yeah. like that game is too unforgiving. I had to stop. Um, but yeah, online matchmaking, I like, I never win online matches. I won all my online matches yesterday. (laughs) I think I did like five or six matches, Mm -hmm. but like the skill level was like, oh, okay, we're both learning this game, like. Clearly, this person was trying to figure out the character. I was still trying to figure out my character. Like I've been, I've been playing mostly with um, Solange and Emiko. Emiko's like she's this girl that sits on her giant cat, and the cat's doing all the battling, kind of like Ferratora mm-hmm. in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, I don't remember that character at all. In, in, well, I haven't uh, played Mortal Kombat since Mortal Kombat Three. Oh, sorry. Okay, I was uh, in Mortal Kombat <laughs> X. There's a character Ferratora oh, okay. that like she sits on top of this big guy, and you're mostly the big guy in in the match. Um, but that's how she plays. So I was like, oh, big cat. I'm gonna totally play with this person. <laughs> well, that, it's good to hear that the matchmaking takes skill into account because it's yes. like. My, that was my big gripe with Pocket Rumble is I was just playing against people who are way better than me, and there's no reason that I should be playing against them. They should be playing against people who are as good as them, and I should be pay, yeah. playing against people who suck like me. Uh, because like I think it was Blizzard when they were talking about uh, either Heroes of the Storm or Overwatch. They said, our matchmaking is designed so that you should win half of your games. That's good matchmaking, yeah. and I think that that's a pretty good rule to have. Uh, but Blade Strangers sounds really cool. Uh, I, I, how does how does Shovel Knight play? Is he fantastic? Because like I love Shovel Knight so much, dude. He's his specials are awesome. Can can I can I spoil the specials for you real quick? Uh, you know, hey, if you don't want to hear the specials, go ahead and mute it, and uh, you know, come back later. Go ahead. 
his special meter is um he uses the horn <laughs> to <laughs> on the on and it's like a just a, like an 11 hit combo on on the person oh nice and then there's um there's another special that he has the um this is it the spirit fish the fish that spits out the juice oh and- yeah, yeah, yeah i know what you're talking the giant <laughs> thing right yeah, it comes across the screen in a giant wave, and if you do it, you build up your meter twice and do it. He comes back and hits you twice. It's like it it does pretty good damage. Um, his combos are on point, man. They're they're every character. I feel like this is a really well balanced game right now until people start mm-hmm. figuring out who's like top tier characters and you start breaking it into like competitive gaming at that point yeah yeah <laughs> once the meta gets found then then it's all over yeah um how's it play uh or have you played been playing on the joy cons you said you're mostly a portable guy yes so i played almost every way except for my fighting stick I've played with my pro controller that's great um i if you have the xenoblade one I recommend using this one because of the D-pad on on this uh, pro controller in particular. And Joy yeah, for those of you that don't know the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, for those yeah. of you that don't know, the Xenoblade uh, pro controller was supposed to be updated so that it was less prone to have spurious inputs on the D-pad, uh, which a lot of people complain about for the the d-pad on the pro controller i never really run into it but i don't play that kind of game very often so go ahead with what you were saying with your controls no yeah joy con so i do had the hoary blue joy con with the d-pad on it i just got it recently um Mm -hmm. actually actually the same time i did end up getting the review code for blade strangers i was like oh my god this is perfect timing um that worked well but the d-pad on that hoary joy con just felt it felt like not solid like it felt too smooth it felt okay the the um best way to equate it is the xbox 360 controller where it was just like the d-pad was in there in a whole circle and wasn't Mm -hmm. like the d-pad itself wasn't sticking out kind of feels like that a little bit but not entirely and believe it or not the joy cons themselves Despite the fact that I'm not a not the biggest fan of these separated, uh oh. What's the matter? You're still. Good. I have music playing. Oh, I uh, can't hear it. That is very odd. But that's um, okay. We'll survive. <laughs> oh, I know what happened. There we go. <laughs> Monster Hunter started. My apologies. Um, I had my <laughs> switch in there, and a capture card went off. But yeah, the Joy Cons themselves. Um, actually have really solid button input for some of the characters that I play with. Um, Gunvolt in particular, where he has, like, an air dash going in, and when I need to back up for, like, being able... Because Gunvolt's, like, a weird character where he's the only one that you have to charge up your bar in order to gain meter in that game. It doesn't... He doesn't actually gain meter from fighting, I guess, because he's, like... uh, he. He's, um, oh gosh, uh, his Septima. It's a whole meta thing with, like, the actual story of Stryker and what goes in. So I'm assuming that's okay. the reason why um, that goes in. Gunvolt's, like, my favorite character. That's why, that's, like, the second biggest reason why I bought the game. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, no, yeah, the controllers, all of them... Minus, I, I would rank the Hori Joypad uh, controller or whatever they call it 
the the lowest out of the three controls that I played with. Mm-hmm. And then I'm eventually going to mess with the fight stick at some point when I feel like I have a character that I'm going to like rock with. Awesome. Uh, just a little bit contrast to you. I love, love, I adore the Joy-Con D-pad. I think it is one of the best D-pads I've ever used, uh, which is a really weird thing. But I, I was also surprised. I really love the PS4 Joy uh, D-pad. I think that that has a really good D-pad. I hated the Xbox 360 one. I didn't like the one on the Wii U, and I'm not a fan of the one on the Pro Controller. But I I I think that the D-pad is really good on the uh, on the Switch Joy Cons. But that's just me. Yeah, like I, it's worked for a good chunk of games, but then there's games that, for some reason, just don't click with me with the Joy Cons, and they're few and far in between. But um, but I mean, uh, the uh, Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove Edition when that came out on Switch, I for the life of me could not figure out how to play that game on the Joy Cons. So I had that's when I ended up buying a Pro Controller. It was for that game. And ev- mostly everything else I do play on my Joy-Cons. Um, ver- there's very few games that I do end up using, uh, having to revert exclusively to a Pro Controller or now that Hori pad. Yeah, I mean, for for me, the Pro Controller is the the controller that I always want to use when there when it's uh, if I have to use the right stick for anything. Uh, well, mm. if I have to use the right stick consistently. So like in any shooter, I'm always using the Pro Controller. Uh, but everything else, I prefer the Joy-Cons. And I actually really like the sticks on the Joy-Cons for uh, certain games because they have such a short throw to them that you can change direction really, really fast. In fact, my son and I completed all of Shovel Knight using the joy cons really uh yeah and and we were using the sticks not the not the d-pad and i thought it was i thought it was really well done that is an Um, achievement (laughs) uh, yeah well especially because at the time he was uh he was eight and uh you know easy to be frustrated so i kind of had to carry him just a little bit although he he held his own uh for 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 an eight-year-old um (laughs) So uh, let's talk about a game that you actually brought up before, and that's uh, a Mutant Muds Collection. I've been playing that again recently, and if you didn't know what this is, this is a game that has been on a lot of platforms. I don't know if it was on the Wii U or not. I believe it was. It was on 3DS. Yeah. It was on your cell phone. Uh, you could play it in so many different places, and uh, it's a side-scrolling uh platformer where you can shoot and you can hover and you got to shoot at these little mud ball guys and uh jump around in a very very small stage and collect all of the I'll say diamonds in the stage yeah. in order to uh unlock the next stage or whatever and the thing that I like most about this game and the reason I've I I'm really happy that I have it on my Switch first off there's three games there basically uh cuz it's a collection uh, but the one that I'm playing the most is just regular old Mutant Muds. And it is perfect for those moments where you're like, I got five minutes. Let's let's uh, sit down and do one stage of Mutant Muds. You can easily get a stage done in five minutes. And it might not be something that I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down for 45 minutes and play Mutant Muds. It's always something I'm like, like I'll just 
I'll play one or two stages and I'll be like, all right, I'm done and I'll come back to it some other time. And I'm slowly working my way through the game, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. Have you played it? Oh, yeah. No, I. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that, that that just gave me a little bit of PTSD. Right now. <laughs> um, I kid, I kid. But um, yeah, no, I beat the first Mutant Muds. I had started Super Challenge and I was just like, okay, this is... This is getting too much. You and I have clearly had separate experiences, uh, two different experiences. I I have spent forty five minutes on the single stage. I believe almost the final stage. On well, the... I'm, I'm I'm early in it. Okay, okay. Get get ready though. Get an extra pair of Joy Cons because uh, <laughs> yeah, you might be losing some. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, no. The game gets uh, very punishing, but it's never punishing to where it's the game's fault. It is. Punishing and it's like okay, I failed because I did this jump onto this platform wrong, or I didn't shoot this particular enemy. I didn't double jump with the jetpack in a, at the right height to get to this platform. Like it's you're learning as you're failing. It en- it encourages failing when you're playing this game for sure. So patience is key. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is not the kind it. of game where you want to rush through. You want to take your time, like. There's, I don't think that there's a timer on it, is there? There's, there's a, I think there... A, you don't run out of time, you just get more points. You don't run points. out of time. You get a timer as far as, like, big, when you beat a level, if I recall correctly. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, yeah, there it's, you go. Uh, it's counting up, not down. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so, For like, like I don't purposes. care about that. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me at all. No. I'm, I don't care if I beat it fast enough. I don't care what my points are. I just want to try and get all of the things. And so you're very, very slowly and methodically going through a stage, but the stages are really, really small, so they don't take a long time uh, unless you keep dying over and over, which is definitely something that has happened to me, and I just shut the game off and come back to it later. Uh, But (laughs) I've had a lot of fun with it, and I I would definitely recommend that people check it out. And Jules uh, Watson, he's the guy that... uh, developed uh the game he's uh, he was been on the show before and uh, i've got an interview with him uh that you can check out on my youtube channel or you can go uh you can just go to runjumpstomp.com and click on guests and you can find jules and you can hear his interview where he talked about all the games that, that he's done he he's done some of my favorite uh retro style games that are not actually old games like if you had to pick one atui game joe which one would you pick I mean, I ha- I would have to say if you are a Metroid fan, yes, um, yeah. Zeo Drifter, Zeo Drifter. Oh, although very, uh, you can beat it in about five six hours. You can probably do mm-hmm. it on like a weekend session. Um, I had I had some qualms with the game. Nothing nothing too crazy, but it is definitely the Metroid of all the Atui games so far. I would highly recommend it. Yeah, uh, my my only it. problem with the game was the repetitive boss. Yes, that was uh, my same. That was my same qualm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I still had so much. I had enough fun that I beat that game twice, and I go. never ever go back and play a game once I've beat it. Once I've beat a game, it just sits there, and I never look at it again for the most part. And it's funny too. You mentioned um, whether uh, Mutant Muds was on Wii U. That Zeo Drifter and Super Challenge were all cross-play titles between 3DS. Oh, that's right. That's and right. Wii U. If you owned it on one, you had it on the other. Yeah, you got a code in your email to mm-hmm. 
to put into the Wii U and you got it for free. Like that was yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Uh, Atui has always been a big supporter of Nintendo stuff. In fact, I think their games are all Nintendo exclusive, except for Totes the Goat, I think is on. Well, I think some of their games are also on iOS, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Super Mu- uh, Su- uh, Mutant Muds, both games, Zeo Drifter, those, are, those you can find on other consoles, um, at least Vita. And, oh, okay. and I feel like PS4 for sure. Um, Steam has Zeo Drifter and I believe Mutant Muds and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything else that is outside of the DS, 3DS, and mobile, uh, lineup that I can think of. Yeah. 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 Mutant Muds is probably the biggest one that went on everything. Well, Joe, you are awesome for coming on the show. I really enjoyed our talk, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find your stuff? Give them a reminder where they can go find Joe After Work. Yeah, so joeafterwork.com and YouTube and twitch.tv slash joeafterwork. Uh, I try to make it as easy as possible. And Twitter as well, same thing, Joe After Work. Awesome. Go, go follow his stuff because he does good stuff. And uh, when whenever you... Whenever the first time I'm going to tell a story real quick before we get out of here. (laughs) Um, I was watching some other streamer. I can't remember who it was. And they hosted you and you do this ridiculous thing when you get like a host or something with all these crazy Nintendo memes like Reggie and you fight (laughs) Reggie and stuff. (laughs) I don't know that I ever laughed so hard in my life as watching you fight Reggie on your stream it was one of the funniest things so make sure you check out his stuff because like that stuff is really weird but it's funny (laughs) (laughs) you gotta make you gotta make it a good time you know (laughs) that's right all right thanks man i'll see you later thank you all right the music for today's episode is corneria Star Fox remix by noteblock make sure you check that out over at runjumpstomp.com slash music uh, don't forget that if you want to watch the full show, you can either come watch live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, or you can watch the videos after the fact over at youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Finally, if you're looking to support my content, head over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. All the links there will help me create more content. And if you want a bonus podcast that is exclusive to patrons, head on over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Bye-bye. <laughs>